Welcome to the IMDb Journey podcast, where we break down every movie from the top 250 and give our thoughts, our reviews, and any general discussion along the way. My name is Daniel Henderson, and I can tell from this movie that we're going to have lots of fun. Whoa! <laughs> hey, that's pretty good. Oh, and I'm Dean Jeffrey, and I legitimately feel bad because I have no idea where all of my childhood toys wound up. You sad man. I've got a couple of toys left. I wish I did. Like, I was so big into toys when I was a kid. Still are. Yeah, but I don't play with them. I just look Admire at them, them. Look at them every now and then randomly. But like, yeah, like honestly, I was huge into toys. I think I'm pretty sure I still got my first ever bear that I got given to me when I was one, and I've since passed it down to my daughter. That's cute. I do still have my first teddy boy. boy yeah. Teddy boy. Teddy boy. Teddy boy. Um, no, I do still have my first teddy bear. Uh, its name is Snowy. In my cupboard. Uh, oh, look it's, at you. it's been repaired a couple times with some hand stitching, so there's no way I'm giving it to my kids because it won't last <laughs> a week. Anyway, we are bearing the lead here today. We are breaking down the 2010 animated classic now, Toy Story 3. Yes, we are. How are you going this week, Hendo? I'm doing very well, mate. I haven't really done too much at all. It's been a, a lazy, lazy week. Wow, what a shit life you lead. I know. Tell me about it. No. <laughs> no. Sorry, family. <laughs> Sometimes you need that relaxing week to do nothing and uh, recharge your batteries. Is that what you've done? Yeah, I switched to demo mode for this week and uh, brought it back to play. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) What about you, mate? Uh, I, like you, uh, have had a really, really boring week. Um, Well, really it was dominated by work. I had a massive uh, work visit that I was stressing about for a lot of weeks now. So that was over and done with. It was very successful. So all happy about that. But... On the weekend, I was meant to play golf, as, as I'm, you sure you, I'm sure you've assumed by now. Yes. But in this one four-hour period when I would be out of the house playing golf, bloody Brit decided to get sick. So <laughs> she goes to hospital. Always like that sick. Like well, seriously. Well, she went, she went to hospital and I yeah, just sat at home with the kids feeling sorry for myself. And then she came home pretty much about the time I would normally come home from golf. So, yeah, Cheers. Jeez, Brett. Did you give me the old, how dare you? I was supposed to golf and you had to go and get sick. <laughs> no, no, not at all. What really made it worse, though, for my day off on the weekend was that about an hour after she got home, I got sick. And <laughs> I, spent, I spent the rest of the day in bed. And it was really just a terrible, terrible day for all of us, but mainly me. You soft bastard. <laughs> yeah, I know. So what are we doing today, Hendo? Well, after our breakdown of Toy Story 3, we're going to take a look at some reviews that you, the listeners, gave to us. We'll take a look at the results of our question of the week, our top five, our competition. Yes, how uh, yes. exciting. Yes, our top five threequels. And uh, there was a tiny bit of confusion for some people. They think that uh, threequels meant trilogies, apparently. Well, no need to be so condescending as you always are. I think you were way too broad. Three cool is not immediately. Oh, it's the third movie in a franchise. It's you need you trilogy? need to be. Well, we've said it's not a trilogy. It can be more than a trilogy. So it's one. Specific, so even you don't know what three cool means. Yes, I do. I'm saying. Does anyone ever say trilogy as three cool? I have heard it many a time. Oh, whatever. Being referenced as a three cool <laughs> recently this week, actually. Like people often say, which is your favorite Star Wars three cool? I mean, I love that Lord of the Rings three cool. <laughs> 
And then after that, we'll be taking a look at the results of the final eight in our best 1970s film tournament, which will bring us directly into the final four of the tournament. Since there's no Pod v Pod draft to go through this week, let's smash out another tournament bracket. How good's that? Yeah, look at that. It's very exciting. There's some good results, and I think some of these matches coming up, well, these two matches, are, oh, they're, they, they, they feel like they're going to be intense. I don't know how everyone else gets out there. When I see these results, I'm like, oh, this is mad, this is mad. And then after that, we'll take a look at what movie we're going to be watching next time, which is Dean's turn this time. What do you got in mind? You got anything floating about? I'm thinking we float something that's... Good? Not animated. Okay. Or foreign or old. So there you go. Cuts the 250 down in half, I guess. Yeah, I think it does. Got a lot of options. (laughs) All right, before we get into any of that, let's take a look at the current results of the Movie Watching Challenge. And at the time of this recording, I am sitting on 313 to Paul's 375. I mean, bravo, Paul, bravo. I, I like that he's actually still going super, super hard to get to 500 and end your suffering. And kudos to you, honestly, kudos to you, because it's not like you've stopped either. You're still trying. You're just still as shit as you've been all year. <laughs> I love it. You can sit there in the back seat with your popcorn, like, like you're so shit, you guys. Well, it's not watching movies. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. All right. Before we get into Toy Story three, just a quick heads up: we will be spoiling the whole movie from the jump. So if you haven't had a chance to see it, be warned: we will be spoiling it. All right, Dan. Let's get into our breakdown of Toy Story three. Now, come on, guys. We all knew this day was coming. We're getting thrown away. No, no one's getting thrown away. We ain't ever getting played with. Hold on. This is no time to be hysterical. It's the perfect time to be hysterical. Should we be hysterical? Now. Yes. Maybe. But not right now. Come on. Let's see how much we're going for on eBay. New toys. So, Toy Story 3, released in 2010, starring the voices of Tom Hanks, Tim Allen, Joan Cusack, Ned Beatty, Don Rickles, Michael Keaton, Wallace Shawn, John Ratzenberger, Estelle Harris, and Laurie Metcalf. I might add in Blake Clark as well as the new voice of Slinky Dog, who replaced the late Jim Varney, who died of lung cancer in 2000. Yeah, I did say that. Obviously, it's sad, but it's nice that uh, Clark and Varney were mates anyway, so it's good that uh, you know, a friend can carry that torch forward for him. Yeah, absolutely. This was also Don Rickles' last film before his death in 2017, as well as Ali Ermey's last theatrical movie before his death in 2018. Theatrical? Yeah. Do you mean theatrical? You can take it either way. <laughs> <laughs> do people actually ever say theatrical? Yeah, you just heard it. I don't think they do, though. I don't think some person just did just then. <laughs> So this story was done by John Lasseter, Andrew Stanton and Lee Uncridge, but the screenplay was done by Michael Arndt and it took two and a half years to write and storyboard this whole screenplay. I mean, when you add in storyboard, I feel like that's a big element to it. Yeah. If it's just writing a screenplay, I feel like two and a half years is... Too long. Excessive. Yes. For a, you know, 100-minute kids film. Pretty much. But uh, if you've got a storyboard as well, I guess that explains some of it. It's still a very long time though. But it's good, obviously... It got results because it was the highest grossing film of 2010. Yeah, that's right. On a budget of $200 million, it opened on the 18th of June in 2010 and grossed $415 million in America for the highest grossing of the year, as well as $1.063 billion worldwide, which, like you said, was the highest grossing worldwide. And is the first animated feature to ever actually cross that magic billion dollar mark. Yeah, three three other animated films have overtaken it since then. Do you know what those three are? Minions. That is correct. Minions 2? No. There's no Minions 2. 
Isn't it? Yes, there is. No, there's Minions. Is there not Minions too? I know they all would blend together, all these Despicable Me movies. Oh, so it was Despicable Me, Despicable Me 2 and Minions. And then Despicable Me 3 came out oh. there, like a year later, I'm pretty sure. Okay, so what did I say? Minions. Um... All right, just give it up, mate. It's not a pod v pod. Just... No, I can get this. <laughs> all right, I, I don't know. What is it? Incredibles 2 and Frozen. Yeah, I wasn't getting them. So this was directed by Lee Unkridge, who actually edited the previous films and co-directed the second. Uh, He was actually selected to take over the position of director from John Lasseter, who had chosen to direct Cars 2. I mean, what the hell was wrong with him? What are you doing, Lasseter? I mean, are you sure sure he made that decision or did the studio say, listen, this is shit, please do what you can with it? (laughs) We know (laughs) we've got a a turkey here. If anyone can make it shine, it's you. Good luck. He didn't even do that. Well, no, he didn't, but at least he tried. So do you remember the tagline for this film? Um, The epic finale or some sort of closing reference? No, I'll I'll take you back to a pod v pod. All right, next one. (laughs) Be the first to meet 14 new characters. (laughs) Sorry, it's just a terrible tagline. See, I think a split. Is it one of those stupid movies where someone plays multiple, multiple characters? Like, is this even gettable? What have you done to me? (laughs) What? I don't know if you're going to get these or not. Would you have got them? Potentially. Oh, don't give me that shit. Can I give you a hint? Please. It is a kid's film and it's a sequel. You don't like me very much, do you? (laughs) Kid's film, sequel. Thinking Pixar... I don't think there's 14 new characters in Toy Story 2. Could be Cars 2. Monsters University. Could be that. What other sequels are there from Pixar? Toy Story 3? No, there's so many characters in there already. I don't think they put 14 new ones in there. I haven't seen Cars 2, but I feel like... Because they talk about like, the government and all that. There could be 14 new people in there. Agents, head of agents, all that sort of shit. I'm probably way off the ball. I don't think there's 14 new characters in Toy Story, Toy Story 2. Five new characters in Toy Story 2 I can think of. Toy Story 3. It's not to get anywhere near 14 characters. Cars 2. Oh, you're so close. Toy Story 3. Jesus Christ. So close. Really 14 characters. Man. Okay. Brutal? That was brutal. Oh, my God. (laughs) How's that for a tagline? Man, that's that's a hard question. (laughs) (laughs) So, like you said, an hour and 43 minutes this film, the longest of the Toy Story films. Doesn't really seem like that long, though, to be honest. Do you know how long Toy Story 4 is? No. So Toy Story 4 is an hour 40, so Toy Story 3 is still the longest Toy Story. By mere minutes. So you notice that Bo Peep wasn't in this film, except for the very brief cameo in the uh, one of the home videos at the start. Yeah, well, she didn't make the cut as Andy was growing up. Which, what the hell does a young boy need a Bo Peep doll for? I think they stipulated throughout the films that Bo Peep was actually the sisters and that she would come over. And play? Yeah. But Bo Peep was in the first one. Yeah, did he have a sister in the first Yeah, one? she was a, like a very young baby. Now, Bo Peep was omitted from this film because they thought that her surviving the incinerator portion of the film wouldn't work because she was porcelain. So she would have- Yeah, like, that's an issue. Well, that's Come what on, they said. Seriously. That's what. That's the thing they thought Because that's of. unrealistic. <laughs> Haven't we already had our discussion? I'm sure on- we're going to have a lot of t- discussion about unrealistic things in this movie, but that's they, they wanted to do that. Oh, that's the reason. <laughs> that's ridiculous. <laughs> So during the early development stages of this film, the people behind the film sat down to look at their work from the first Toy Story 
And what they found was that they couldn't edit any of the old 3D models because the because the advantages and advances in technology rendered the digital files containing those models incompatible with the newer software. So as a result, everything had to be recreated from scratch. So they should have made all this new software backwards compatible. I thought you were going to say they should have made all this new software back in 1995. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I read that the hardest part they actually had animating was the garbage bag because of the way light reflects differently mm. through the bag, which, you know, they apparently spent a long time trying to get it right. And I think I think it did look good. And with before I even read that, as I was watching it, I thought that scene did look good. It's very weird to think of, like, their, their problems they had with the movie now compared to Toy Story 1, where their problems were they couldn't do, like, fire and um, water and hair and all that sort of stuff. And now they could do that perfect. Mm. Yeah, they come a long way. Wow. Technology. That's right. So Toy Story 3 actually won two Oscars. Yes, it did. It won for Best Animated Feature Film of the Year. No surprises there. Also at the Golden Globes as well. And it also won for Best Achievement in Music, written for a motion picture. Original song. For We Belong Together by Randy Newman. Bloody Randy Newman. Interestingly, this film was also nominated for Best Picture. Do you remember what it lost to? Uh, King's Speech. Very good. Um, Do you know the other two it was nominated for? The other two Oscars it was nominated yes. for, uh, that would be Writing. Adapted Screenplay, yes. Do you know what it lost to? I'll put you out in misery. It was The Social Network. Oh, and can't argue with that. And it also lost us to Sound Editing, to Inception. Can't argue with that either. There you go. It is the third movie to ever be nominated for Best Picture after- Animated movie. Yes. Oh, yeah. I may have, I may have missed that key point there. You may have missed yes. the hundreds of other films that got nominated prior. Yes. The third animated film after Beauty and the Beast and Up. Did you just make a pop with your pee? <laughs> I did. Is a bubble? Because it was like a balloon. Like <laughs> It went up. I'm sure you meant that. I hope you're not implying I didn't mean that. <laughs> That's not how I normally say the word up. <laughs> so just a quick reference to the dreaded Rotten Tomatoes. This is the only Toy Story film so far to not receive a 100% fresh rating. The first two films did. This one got a 99%. There's one bastard out there. Apparently. Was it you? I'm not going to give away my rating. Thank you very much. Was it you? Well, it could have been. If I ever use Rotten Tomatoes, which I don't. Do people like like us rate on Rotten Tomatoes or is it critics in, only? In terms of, are we not critics? I mean, legitimate critics. Certified fresh critics. Not two Aussie chumps <laughs> in, in their spare room. <laughs> Yeah, who's this one bastard who's stopping Toy Story 3 from being 100%? No, I know the fresh media, yeah, it is just um, like critical. But they have audience score as well. Yeah, is that that's that? completely different. Yep. Yeah. Okay. That's, is that, that's us. That's is the, that that's on us Rotten us. Tomatoes? Yes, it is. Okay. There's the, the critical consensus and the audience score. Okay. I feel for people who don't like Rotten Tomatoes, we do talk about Rotten Tomatoes a little too much. Yeah, let's get back to IMDb. How cool is IMDb, though? More specifically, the top 250. Let's take a look at the history of Toy Story 3 in the IMDb top 250. So this came into the top 250 on the 20th of June in 2010, and its highest rank it ever got to was number six. Very early on. Very early on. Five days later, it was number six. In 2010? Yes. Wow. But then after that, it has just been a steady, steady decline. Well, it was a sharp, sharp decline. Well, you look at it over nine years. I mean, it's 
generally just, it looks like a nice diagonal line down all the way to right now where it is sitting at number 104 on the top 250. I mean, shit, that's still great. Yeah, oh, obviously. It's doing very, very well. All right, mate, it's your turn for a plot summary. Hit me up with a plot summary. The toys are mistakenly delivered to a daycare centre instead of the attic right before Andy leaves for college, and it's up to Woody to convince the other toys that they weren't abandoned and to return home to Andy. Okay, cool. Sounds a little familiar to number two, but we'll uh, let's let's get into it. Yeah, exactly. There are definitely a lot of similarities, and let's start with the opening, which, like Toy Story two, and like the first Toy Story, open with a bit of a mini story. So in one and three, it's virtually the same thing, where the toys are being played with, except this time we see it as though it's really happening. Yeah, this is the exact to, same yeah. play that they're doing in the first one. Only, yeah, like you said, it's like imagined as the real life thing. And this is almost a perfect opening for me. I mean, the animation is- It's phenomenal. It's so good. It really shows where they've like where they've come from yeah. in 15 years. Yeah. It's great. This this was supposed to be the original thing in Toy Story. This is what they wanted to do, but, you know, through- The whole movie or just the opening? Just this opening. They, this is what oh, they okay. wanted it to look like, but I think, you know, due to restrictions and that, they just kept it to Andy playing with the toys. Yeah, and that makes sense, but everything in this sequence works so well. This Wild Wild West style, which, I mean, it incorporates so much, like you've got, it is set in the Wild West, but at the same time, you've got Buzz Lightyear showing up and it doesn't feel silly. No. And the villains like Mr. Potato Head, Mrs. Potato Head, they're so great. Their lines, they're, they're just classic. Like <laughs> one-eyed Bart, one-eyed Betty now. Yeah. I love the mushroom cloud of the uh, the monkeys. Yeah. That was great. And even like from the first one, they say, yeah. You can't touch me, Sheriff. I brought my attack dog with a built-in force field. Yeah, and out comes Slinky springing down yeah, the, that, the mountain. Yeah, the sound effect of the Yeah. It's, it's really well and done. And just getting Rex in as the, the dinosaur that eats the force fields and he's just this massive, massive beast with a humongous roar. It's awesome. Really, really good start. Yeah. But they cut to Andy playing with his toys to You Got a Friend in Me. Well, and home it, video. Yeah. And this home video, I don't know, I'm a sucker for home videos, I reckon. Yeah. I really, I feel like they offer just that perfect amount of nostalgia to see like a, a passage of time. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I completely agree. Like, even this, the the like the symbols you see on the on the screen of the home video, like the little battery the icon battery, here, yeah. and like the record in the top. Yep. Yeah, you can really see this is from a while ago. Yeah. And the song plays perfect as usual, as it did in the first one. Just some of those shots you got. I love how he's watching the TV with all the toys. He pops a little popcorn in Rex's mouth and just like falls out because like, yeah. he's, he's just frozen. Yeah. It's great. What I love though is the song fading out. Right when like he's hugging Woody, it's like our friendship will never die. Yeah, and it comes and then, into the yeah, present time. You're like, whoa! And that's that's another thing. What's so great about this home video is it reminds everyone in the space of thirty seconds the relationship and the love that Andy has for the toys and the toys have for Andy, and to have that just taken away right at the start when the music drops, as you mentioned, it's it's so effective. Yeah. And to see this just sad, sad plot that these toys come up with to try and get Andy's attention. Like, let's steal a mobile phone, have it ring. And and what, what killed it for me in a good way is when Woody's, like, hugging the phone. Yeah, Because An- he with can his hear voice. Andy speaking. Yeah. And like, he's, like, talk- oh. he's talking to him. Yeah. But this does set this this great theme up that they, they have in this film is what they've kind of set up in Toy Story 2 is what, what happens when, the you know, you're – 
your carer or your your kid grows older and doesn't want to play with you anymore. How do you where do you go from there? And I think they do it quite well in this film. Oh, they do it better than quite it is, well. It's it is the best part. Honestly, it's like the best part of this film is this theme of growing up and accepting that you got to move on. Yeah, of loss of change. Yeah. No, again, the theme. Yeah, the themes in this film are great. But we'll they all they, they they have that great comedy too. Like when Rex is like, he held me. He actually held me. <laughs> Even showing the passage of time as well here, where they get they have the staff meeting and they're like, "Bring everyone in!" Like, this is it. Yeah, this, this is, is this it. is who's left. Like, I, lo- oh. I love that that's played like like Woody doesn't realize that. Yeah, like come he on, he should know. They're they're all living in a, a trunk together. Yeah, <laughs> but we see. I love seeing um, Ali Ermi come back as as the army man and. You know, we're out. See you later. Yeah, see you later. Yeah, we're done. I love how they mention a couple of the other characters that are gone. Like, oh, yeah, Bo Peep's gone. It's a sketch. Wheezy. I'm like, who cares about Wheezy? Hey, they care about Wheezy. He was a big part of oh, Toy yeah, Story 2. He, he was so he was such a crucial character. They left up on the shelf for the entirety of one and all the way into two that no one cared about. Yeah. Woody's ability here, though, to be a leader, I thought, was very impressive because he's, he's presented with a situation that really is – is bad. Like everyone's being put in the attic, and he he tries to sell this as a positive thing for everyone. And I love, like it's it's touching and it's funny at the same time. Like you know, up, upstairs we've got the the Christmas decorations oh, are yeah, always the Christmas, fun. <laughs> the Christmas oh guys. yeah, all right, they're okay. You know, there's the old TV, yeah, board games. You know, and and they'll be together. They'll be warm, and he's saying like maybe one day Andy will have his own kids. He's got the right idea. Yeah, like really, it's it's. It really is putting the most positive spin on this situation. But we get Mum laying down the law here. Get rid of your toys, mate. Well, it's it's sort your shit out. You're going yeah, to college. Pretty much. <laughs> like I don't want your room to be sitting here left as it is when you're leaving. We get a little reference to Sunnyside here, just setting that up. Yeah, setting that up for Molly. Yeah. But Andy does have a college boss. Boss. A boss. Yeah. College boss. He has a college box. And I really, really liked that they put Woody in the college box and didn't put Buzz in there too. I love that they ha- that he had that choice. Like he had them both in his hands yet again. Yep. Like from the first one. Like it's and see how times have changed. Woody has always been his favorite. Like maybe Buzz was a fad. Yeah, he was the flavor of the month for yeah. Toy Story One. But I love that they they brought that back. Like here we go. We got both of them here again. Yeah. No, but it, I f- it's all I f- about Woody. I feel like the cop out would have been let's put them both in the college box. Nah. You know what I, I mean? Honestly, if if that had happened. Do you think that Woody and Buzz would have like got out of the box to see what happened with the others? They were like, okay, this is what's happening. I mean, yeah, I do. Uh, I thought, you don't I, think so? Woody's is a team player. He's got Buzz there. They're like, okay, this is what's happening. We're going to college. They're going up to the attic. You know, this is how it's going to be. But that Woody was going to do that anyway. The only reason that didn't happen is because they got mistakenly marked as trash. Was Woody always under the impression he was going to college? Yeah, he got put in the college box. But he didn't know that beforehand. Oh, he knew. I don't think he did. I do think he did. Uh, I think after all this time of him not being played with, uh, being stuck in the trunk, do you really think he thought, I'm going to college with Andy? He got put in the box. He didn't know that. He didn't know he got put in the box? He didn't know he was going to get put in the box. What's in the box? (laughs) What's in the box? What do you make? (laughs) You tell me, right? You've just finished high school, right? You're up and about. What are you saying? I just finished high school. (laughs) You've just finished high school. You know me at all. What's it like? Um, no, you've put yourself in this situation. Okay. You've just finished high school. You're a young stud ready to hit the town in college world. I don't know what these Americans do. Uni. Do you think in any world you would be taking your childhood Woody with you? 
I would just to say, hey, here's my Woody. Resist. I was going to say, resist the urge. <laughs> we already and, did that. Uh, it was low-hanging fruit. <laughs> like, I just, I just don't buy it. Like, you can treasure something a lot, but if you are a 17-year-old male, I just don't see you bringing a toy to college with you. Do you think Andy's a little weird? No, I think he's a great kid. Weird, like, with his toys? No. I thought that might have been a reason why he takes Woody. He just can't. What do you mean he's weird? This is a, this is a hot take, I think, Hendo. Uh, I you mean, don't think Andy's like a normal kid? I don't know. I don't think we know much well, about Well, you just him, said he was weird, so I want to know I why. I said, do you think he's weird? Yeah, but you don't just say, do you think he's weird, if you don't have some inkling that he's weird. I think he's got a, maybe a bit of an overattachment to his toys. The toys that he hasn't played with in years and years... I don't. I don't see how you're getting that. Like what you said, taking it, to, taking his Woody to college. Do you think it's? That's why I'm. That's what I'm saying. Do you think it's weird? Do you think he's weird for doing it? I think it's unrealistic. I don't. I wouldn't label Andy as weird because he has some nostalgia to his toy. If you went to college or uni, and hold you're, on, you've and turned this right around. I started this questioning, and you, your roommate, rocked up. He's like, "Hey, here's my." My, Don't say it. My, <laughs> toy. Say my, toy. Here's my toy. What would you be like? Hmm. It's a little weird. I mean. No, you wouldn't because you're like, well, here's my 500 pops I've got. It's like, is it in mint condition? <laughs> is it boxed? Does it have the leather hat? <laughs> oh, how funny is the Buster reveal? Oh, man. I was cracking up. Man, because I forgot all about it. He's like, oh, I know what I'll do. And he does Especially his- after just watching Toy Story 2. Yeah, and it's just, come on, Buzzer. And it's just slow. Oh. That fat old dog. It's <laughs> awesome. It was really funny. And my kids, I watched this with my kids, they were cracking up yeah. at this dog lying on Woody. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. What are the odds, all right, that you put the bag out and seconds later the garbage truck is coming? What about you put the you put the attic... Uh, ladder down and it just happens to go up. What what triggered it to go up? It was down all the way. I mean, we don't have attic ladders and all that in Australia. No, we don't have ladders. Please, if you're from the US, tell us what is a ladder. Attic ladder, <laughs> you twat. It just it seemed a little little convenient, like you're saying with the garbage truck. It seemed a little convenient that this. I think the garbage truck is heaps more convenient. That this attic would go up. This attic ladder would go up right at that point to show to to make it look like oh she was never going to put them in the attic. Hey. No, I okay. Yeah, I see what you're saying. You the toys think that he was never going to put it in there. I was I was saying that just the convenience that she was never going to put it in the attic because it was the ladder had gone up I don't the top. Know. I was it just occurred to me in all these US films. They don't really have like big garbage bins. They just put trash bags on the side of the road. Yes, that's true. Is that, is that still how it works, do you think? Because, man, I would have a pile, I tell you. Oh, if, yeah. if I didn't have to restrict it to is that like a one daily small garbage? bin. Daily garbage? Daily garbage? You reckon? Surely not. Like, try daily? Try, no, that's, three that's times worse. a day? <laughs> they wouldn't do every, daily. I mean they every, must be doing three times a day. I mean every third day. <laughs> Morning, noon, and night. <laughs> I think I remember mentioning in Toy Story One, our Toy Story One breakdown of the uh, the garbage man here. Yeah, Sid. Do you pick up on that? I did. I did. Like without remembering the trivia from the first one, you see the T-shirt. You're like, yeah, okay. It's actually voiced by the same actor. Yeah, and it's credited as Sid yes. in the in uh, the credits. So that is good. It's a nice touch. Nothing wrong with being garbage man though. I never said there was. No, it's a saying, noble job. Well, it's not the nobility. I hear it makes like decent coin. I'll take your word for it. No, but after a little back and forth of uh, Woody thinking that the toys got crushed in the back of the garbage truck. It was funny that he was chasing them and they're just they're out behind him. Yeah, but this is where they all suggest that we jump in the Sunnyside box. Let's head, head down there. Yeah, no surprises here. It's Jesse, the one pioneering this uh Oh, this Jesse, idea. your favourite. 
Yeah, she's not in it as much this movie. Yeah, I was going to say, she's quiet uh, in the background here. As she should be. <laughs> but they do get to Sunnyside here and we get a quick little uh, meet of Bonnie. She becomes a you know prominent character in this. Is she the main character in Toy Story 4? Yeah, I believe so. Okay. Well, she, yeah, oh, the, main, the human, main character. The main human. Yeah, it's not, it's not Woody anymore, it's Bonnie. <laughs> <laughs> but they get dumped out. Well, they don't get dumped out onto the floor. It's because of Rex. They fall out of their box. Yeah. And they'll come sprawling out. Now come all the toys. I loved a couple of these interactions here. I loved uh, Mrs. Potato Head feeling the muscles of the mantis, and you got Potato Head in the background flexing his muscles, and it just like flops down. Like, <laughs> that would never happen. It's plastic arm. <laughs> Even the alien seeing the claw go past that was that was entertaining. Nice little callback. Nice little foreshadowing. Yeah. Uh, we'll get to that foreshadowing. But I think the uh, star of the show here is Ken. Michael Keaton. I, I did not know until after I finished this movie and looked at the credits that it was Michael Keaton. Uh, Where did this come from? I have no idea. Well, did, this is before his resurgence. Did so you know it was him? No, not not. I, I like when it happened. Like I saw that Ken was voiced by a name and I just, oh, that name seems familiar. And then when it came up, when Ken came up, I'm like, oh, let's go back and see who that was. Michael Keaton. I'm like, oh. Mm. Really? Okay. I'm sure he'd get a bit more of a billing now than he did back in 2010. Got no billing, did he? I don't think he got no billing. There was no advertising saying Michael Keaton was in it. But this Ken. He's fantastic. Meeting Barbie. Dream Weaver. And a slow mo. It's fantastic. It is. I love the line from um, Barbie. Nice ascot. A little, little, a little adult joke there for everyone. Yeah, but we are also introduced to Lotso the Hugging Bear. Yes, Ned Beatty. Do you know Ned Beatty from anything? Ned Beatty? I think it's Beatty. Beatty. Uh, not off the top of my head, no. Yeah, me neither. Great voice, though. Perfect for this for this Great character voice. of Lotso. Let's just get the the thing that I want to mention here. Lotso is very, 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 very similar to Stinky Pete the Prospector in in all his actions and and how he ends up. Who do you think is a better character? Lotso. Yeah? By a mile. I agree. Good. Yes. Some of the issues I have with this film is that it but they really do a lot of copy and pasting from the second film, but they make it a bit better. They they do it a bit better. So I, I don't know why you have such an issue with it. Honestly, it's not that big of an issue. Like, I still love this film. Uh, since, because when we talked about Toy Story 2, I got the impression that you were quite negative. I mean, not like you hated the film, but you were quite negative on this film. But do you think now that you've watched it, you're fi- more forgiving of the similarities? Yes. Good. Yeah, because I haven't seen Toy Story 3 in a while. And just from my memory, it was, yeah, you've just, you've done a lot, you've done a lot of repeating from the second one. It feels like you just copied the first, the second movie again. And after watching it again recently, I thought, okay, yeah, I can see that you still did that, but you've done it in a lot in a much better way. Like it, yeah. the animation spot on, there's a lot more there's a lot better themes here. For, Less you know. Jesse. Yes, of course. <laughs> That's a big plus for you. Less of that Jesse song. You mean none? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, so yeah, I find this to be a better film than the second one, even though they do have a lot of similarities. Yeah. What about this caterpillar room? Yeah, the way it's set up is fantastic. Oh, this is so fantastic when they're all waiting to be played with and you see all the other toys, they're hiding. They're, like, What's going and on? Buzz, it's Buzz who's just like, uh... Because Rex is like running towards the front of the door yep. and he's uh, I don't, I don't know, bang. Just the point of view from like Buzz when the kid tries to eat. Yeah, in the mouth you get a squashed ton on yeah. the glass. And even when Buzz is like, before they burst through, or maybe it's as they burst through, through he clicks his helmet on. Yes, as like, they're running towards yeah. him. <laughs> and you see him get like smashed onto the pegs as well, like just up and down, up and yeah. down. No, it is a great, basically set up to what, 
torture they're going through. We didn't forget to mention, however, that Woody has left at this point. Yes, he has. And I find it quite ridiculous how easy it is for Woody to leave and then re-enter later on without... Without this, any issue. This, like, is, this is the issue that I have with this film. Every, there's so they, many conveniences. They do, they do mention it. They do bring it up that um, Lotso has, you know, increased security or something. something. Yeah. There's a throwaway line that they've obviously put in to try and explain how come Woody can get in and out so easy but the others can't. Like, I think you could just explain it as Woody one agile toy can easily slip through but you can't get the likes of Rex out. You can't get the likes of Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head out. Mm. And you could say, well... Well, you could if Potato Head was Tortilla Head. Well, you could say, well, if if we can't get them out, then I'm not going. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. they were just like, oh, well, security's increased now. It's like, fuck off. Yeah. I, I think they try to put it as, oh, it's a kid's film. You know, we can get away with a couple of those things. Ah, it's, you try a little harder. Like, with the, with the, there's adults watching. You're going to put in adult jokes. Try and put in some things where adults aren't going to go, that's bullshit. Hmm. Aside from the fact, you know, toys are real and all that nonsense. But a little bit, maybe a little bit more realism in the non-toys are real aspect. Hmm. Interesting way of putting it. Yeah. I did like the little added touch of Woody putting the toilet paper down on the seat when he goes to climb up. Did you notice that? No. Oh, okay. I thought that was funny. He's, he's got, when he's escaping, he quickly gets a roll, a, a piece of toilet paper and puts it on the seat so he doesn't stand on like the kid piss. Actually, I like the fake out of the old man looking at the yeah, mirror. that was good. And Woody thinks he's been seen and the guy's like, why? And I, whatever he says. Yeah. And then it's just a smudge and he rubs it off. Yeah, but- Woody getting on to this roof and getting the kite and sailing oh, the over kite. the playground. Yeah, I'm like, kite. how did anyone not see this? I mean, yeah, right, suspend your display, but just come on. Like, give us a little bit more credit, please. Yeah. But now we get Woody actually at Bonnie's house and we're introduced to a whole new bunch of toys. What do you make of these new toys here? I just want to talk about this scene and how cute it is. How Bonnie is just, she's so in love with these toys. She... Plays with them all like they're just these imaginary characters, and the, and Woody getting finally getting played with again after yeah he loves how many it. years and he just I love that bit of the Emery he, he breaks his frozen character and smiles at what's happening here yeah she's yeah she's a cute little kid and she's playing with her toys the way that toys are meant to be played with she's a good kid I love the line from um, one of the toys look I just need to know how to get out of here there is no way out <gasps> just kidding doors right over there that's good. <laughs> I think the only one that I, for me, that stood out was the the porcupine hedgehog, the actor who in a is, good way or a bad way. In a good way, like this is this is. I someone, think Triceratops stands out in a positive way. Uh, to me, no. Like they're just they're, they're new characters that don't really stand out for me. But this porcupine, how he is pretending like he's acting frozen, like he's playing the part, and he wants to put on the best performance possible. I think that was good. Yeah, they're saying he's a Woody's a natural and all yeah. this sort of stuff. It's just like. He's literally just being motionless. Yeah. <laughs> so Buzz escapes the room. He goes on a little exposition here, exposition, expedition to see what's going on. And some of these toys, are they playing poker or some description of poker? Well, they're gambling yeah. on a you know pseudo roulette board, I guess. But he gets captured. Unlucky. Wasn't really paying attention. How are some of these toys getting up to this top level? It's best not to think about this. Because <laughs> looking at them, there is no way some of these can climb that That thing. is true. <laughs> Do not think about this stuff. That's what I learned. And I love, I love, I love, I really, really loved the Ken's tied him up. They're all being really mean to him. And Lotso comes in like, oh, hey now, what's going on? What are you doing? That's not how we treat our guests. You know, and he still comes. That was really good. 
he still comes across as like this super nice guy and yeah. the audience is still like sort of like, oh, you know, what's going on with this guy? And then once Buzz refuses, he just, yeah, like, he just turns snaps. on a yeah. dime. Really, really great. Yeah, he is. Family man, huh? I understand. Put him back in the timeout chair. Ah! They, what do they do? They switch him to demo. Ugh, please. This is once prob- again one of the worst things about this movie. Third time in a row. It's so unnecessary. Uh, we did mention it in the Toy Story 2. Who is Probably laughing gonna... at this Mexican stuff? Even before that, when he is back to I am the real Buzz Lightyear, like, uh, I'm, I'm a bit over it. I re- like, like I said in Toy Story 2, I really hope they don't do it for Toy Story 4. I think at this point they have no choice but to do it. May, I reckon it'd be better if they, they go to do it. They're like, no, nah, no. Nah. Like, they, <laughs> like the, the dramatic music, do it, no. No, we yeah. don't do that. Yeah. That'd be good. I love them in the crates, though. Again, I'm tr- I'm trying to suspend my disbelief on a bunch of these things, but they're just... What's wrong with the crates? No, Mrs. Potato Head, how she mentioned earlier on, oh, I can't find my other eye, I can't see, it's pitch black. Yep. Now, all of a sudden, she can see out of her other eye. Because it's not pitch black anymore. She couldn't... When she mentioned that, it was daylight, perfectly daylight. Now, all of a sudden, she's like, oh, I can see out it's of my eye. The mum, oh, Andy, the mum Andy and Andy did. were cleaning cleaning the room and they moved something, so now the eye No, they were in the hallway. They were arguing at the attic. She's like, oh, my God, I can see. Oh, he didn't want to get rid of us. Oh, no. <laughs> really there for I mean, some uh, plot convenience, don't you think? I, I honestly don't even mind that. Oh, like, there's no. some stuff in this film that I'm like, come on. But I didn't mind that. No, that just... It kind of annoyed me, like, oh, so now you can see that eye. How convenient. Do you think it's weird that these toys still don't trust Woody? Like, yes. the whole point of them wanting so badly to go to Sunnyside is because they thought Andy was throwing them out, and then once they realise, or once uh, Mrs Potato Head tells them, oh, no, he was actually, Woody was right, they were going in the attic. Like, this Woody has proved this rinse time and, and time yeah. again. This is this rinse and repeat story. That Woody uh, yeah. is correct. Yeah, and this is, this is the part of the, the movie that irks me. It's like, yeah. This is the same the same motive and the same reactions that you've had in the last two films, and it's happening again. It's like Jack Bauer. Like besides from that, how many times does Jack Bauer have to be right and save the world before you listen to him? Besides from that one time, do you reckon that's the first time Twenty Four's been referenced in the same vein as Toy Story? I'm just think, wondering if it's the first time we've referenced it on the podcast. No, no, we've we've said Jack Bauer before. Okay, I'm just. Like, besides from that first time in Toy Story 1 where Woody tries to knock Buzz out the window, and it wasn't even out the window, was it? It was behind the bed. Yeah. Really, he's done nothing wrong, like nothing deceptive. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, for the most part, he is a genuine, genuine guy. Yeah, absolutely. Slash toy. I'm in full of grill with you, mate. A grill? What is a grill? Nah. <laughs> grill. Perfect. But Woody goes to leave. I'm pretty sure he's leaving to go back to Andy's. I didn't, I didn't think straight away because I thought he was going to go straight back to Sunnyside, but no, he's actually going back to Andy's because he thinks that the, the the toys at Sunnyside are all good. He doesn't. He didn't see what happened to them. Yeah. And then when they tell him about Sunnyside and the clown gives- Chuckles. The, yes. He gives the backstory a lot so, which is basically the same backstory as Jesse. Well, it's not. Does he not get abandoned in some sort of way? To, in his mind, he gets abandoned. He has a nice, you know, uh, going- No, it's different because nice Jesse, Jesse's but- owner- Drives her out to a donation bin and drops her off. Whereas this one, the parents are just. But he doesn't know that. How mean are these parents? Yes, they are for leaving three of her most crucial toys in this random field. But to Lotso, he was abandoned. He went out to the fields and they drove off without him. Without yeah, him. but then he made the trip. He made the trek back. And she'd 
she'd moved on. Like it, like he well, she completely. She had it. another lot, so. Yep. Wouldn't so he him, make? Wouldn't he make the connection that he doesn't? This, this kid isn't doing it. No. So you're saying he doesn't realize that it was a parent's fault and not no. Daisy? Was that her name? He says multiple times throughout this movie, she abandoned us. She abandoned me. I feel like though he's really pushing that and selling that. Because he's trying to get big baby and no, sh- and chuckles on his side. This is this is his motive. This is his thought process, which again works better for a villain and not for the hero Jesse. Man, how much did Lotso snap a baby at the window where he's just like the baby starts crying? Better shut your mouth! I'll put you in the corner. What? You want your mommy back? She never loved you. Don't be such a baby. She don't love you no more. Come on. It's like, calm down. It's a baby. <laughs> did you see the Pizza Planet truck here? Yeah, I did. Little callback. I love the callbacks. I love when they lock the toys up for the night and Barbie comes in. She's like, what, what are you doing? What's going on? And she cracks the shits at Ken and she's like, give me my scarf back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Because that sort of does come back later where he goes to get, or where she goes to get the... Um, instruction manual in the space suit. Yeah. And the worm sees the heels and is like, Ugh, Ugh, he just, bloody Ken. Yeah. It's not even a, hang on, that's so suspicious. It's just that's Ken. So Mr. Potato Head comes back uh, from the sandbox. Yeah. I mean, this is- this Spending is, out the box. This is, yeah. I mean, this is obviously prison movie at this point. Yeah. Like I think I can see a direct tie to Cool Hand Luke. Or Shawshank Redemption. Spending out the box. Yep. Like in Cool Hand Luke. Don't. <laughs> even the next morning. When he's like, oh, I had like, there was Lincoln Logs. And yeah, like, I, I don't, was Lincoln Logs. I don't think they're Lincoln Logs. <laughs> but yeah, by this point, Woody's back at Sunnyside and he talks to the- The phone. The, the I, I, phone. Love, I love this, Sam. Uh, yeah, like, so, it's like sort of Mission Impossible style. Like, this is how you have to, this yeah. is how you have to escape. This is the mission. This is the obstacles. The bloody, the camera monkey. What do you think of the camera monkey? It's pretty scary for a, a kid's film. Yeah, the big beady eyes and the screaming. The sc- It's the screaming yeah. that gets it. But like you said, very super convenient that he was able to, to creep back in so easily, hatches yeah. a plan with the toys, they get it going. Did you hear the little quote from Potato Head when he's out he's out in the hallway with the other toys? It's like it's not focused on. You can just hear it like in the background. Yeah, and I would have got away with it too. I'd be a meddling toy. <laughs> what about Woody and Slinky taking out the monkey? Yeah, it was fine. Yeah, I didn't mind it. Oh, it was fine. Uh, it's yeah, it's fine. Whatever. Uh, Barbie goes to Barbie goes with Ken to the house. This oh, this is freak great. out. It's classic. It's amazing. Like, yeah. You can just this is the Ken. This is Ken just trying all these stuff, and Barbie's obviously just distracting him, and he's yeah. he's so happy that he's just he gets to show off all of his accessories. <laughs> what do you think of Potato Head the Tortilla? I mean, obviously you didn't like it. It's it's just. What? Too kiddie? Too comical? Too unrealistic? Unrealistic. Like, what? What does it mean? Like, do, does he? Is he? Are his limbs able to control anything they're plugged into? Well, he's not controlling the tortilla. Yes, he is. He, he the tortilla is like limp. Yes, but he his limbs just move around randomly. I don't know. I just I thought it was a little. Don't uh, overthink it. Convenient. But I did. I did find it funny though when he'd be using the cucumber, which is, and Mrs. Potato Head's like, "Oh, you're so lean and tall." <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "I feel healthy." <laughs> that was good. <laughs> But we get Rex and the gang have captured Buzz now. Yes, that's right. And he turns Spanish. Yes. Yes, he does. It's weird. I didn't mind that when he, he his first interaction with all of them, 
I'm pretty sure is the exact same speech and interaction he gives in the first Toy Story when he's on his his interceptor. I'm pretty sure he says exactly what he says in the first one. He freaks out at Woody. He puts the you know the the the, the, laser. the laser on him. Yep. Like it's almost beat for beat, but in Spanish. Yeah. But eventually they do get to the rubbish jump section of it. Yes, after a you know a quick little mission across the uh, the field. And Lotso just jumps out of nowhere. Lotso's there. Like what? Yeah. But it's fine because the phone told him. Yeah. So <laughs> that was phone, really funny. The phone gets tortured. They broke me. He gets tortured. <laughs> he gets broken pretty quickly. What's it been like? Fifteen minutes? Like what they do to him? <laughs> Threaten to cut his cord? <laughs> so I'll talk. It's immediate. What about Ken joining the toys though? I mean that that felt that felt right. Yeah, he had to he had to come to the side of good. He did because he loves Barbie. Yeah, but like you mentioned before, he, like Lotso goes a bit goes a bit overboard here. Has a go at baby, poor baby. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, Very uh. uh Palpatine and Vader here, no? Yes, very much. Very yes. much. He got a uh, yeah. baby picking out Lotso yeah. and into throwing the, into him the dumpster. In. Yeah, yeah. Now, this bit I didn't like that. So, all the toys are crossing, right? Yeah. That's fine. An alien gets stuck. Okay, that's fine. Woody goes to get the alien, saves the alien, and then Lotso is able to grab Woody from the middle of the bin. Yep. Where it. F- Sounds like Lotso falls into the bin. It's not like it's a full bin. I mean, you see them all in the next part with the bin. They are so far into it. Yes. How did Lotso get to the top middle of this bin? Exactly. <laughs> like I said, this is this is the issue I have with the film, is all these inconsistencies and just, ah, that, that, that doesn't seem right. I love, I lo- so they get, yeah, they go in the um, rubbish truck, they're mushed around, blah, 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 blah. So Mexican Buzz saves Jesse. It's nice. But it causes him to finally snap out of it and become normal Buzz with all his memories back, of course. Of course. And I love, I love his, his line when he wakes up. That wasn't me, was it? I thought that was really funny. <laughs> but they get to the, the what is it, the dump? Con- conveyor belt. The conveyor belt. Now. <laughs> now. This is a big issue I have with the film. <laughs> okay, go. So, Slinky gets shot up into, yep. into the, the magnet up the top. Yep. Now, the first part of this is they all, they all say, yep, let's grab onto something. Let's go. So they yep. all grab onto whatever they need to and they all fly up. Yep. And they see the Lotso is pinned under the, the golf bag. Yep. So Woody drops down to help him. Yep. Now, what he does here is he goes to use the golf club, but the golf club is going up. So Lotso, like, he gets Lotso to grab it. So the weight of Woody and Lotso keep this golf club yeah, down. Yeah, you've overthought this. No, 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 no. Listen to this. The, the weight of Woody and Lotso keep this golf club down. Buzz drops down to help him. They pry him out. And then just before, the weight of Lotso, Woody, and Buzz make the make the golf club go all the way up. I don't understand. Yep. It's a kid's film. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you can't say it's a kid's film for that. You're being ridiculous. Oh, what about when they go over the over the shredder, they all look down and everyone's down the ground, including Slinky. What's wrong with did that? Did he not get magnetised up by himself? How did he get down? He's Slinky. What? Everybody loves the Slinky. <laughs> that is... <laughs> They're the same words. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's an issue I have. It's like, you're not really thinking this through. It's It's... It's used for who throws out golf clubs? Oh, I know. Yeah, you would have. That's all you would have been thinking of. Not the golf clubs. <laughs> but they're about to go into the incinerator here, and Lotso saves himself. What did you think? Because they were originally going to have Lotso actually save them, have a bit of character growth, and stop the conveyor belt, and he would have turned. Oh, good. I'm glad they didn't. Really? Yeah. You don't keep, think that would have been a better keep Lotso a bad guy. That would have been so corny. And then what? Lotso goes back to Sunnydale with them. No, he goes to see Bonnie. So, uh, well, no, come on. 
Nah, I don't like that at all. We don't need the good guys to the bad guys to turn good. Well, this, it, that would have it didn't happen in the second one. That would have felt so cliched. Oh, instead they do the exact same ending as they do in Toy Story Two, where yeah. he gets picked up and, and you know put on the front of a truck. Yeah, is, that's, what, of, happened, that's what happened. That's what happened in number instead two. Of a bag. That's what happened in number two, wasn't it? Yeah, he gets put on the put on the, the front, truck. Put, a, put yep. on the front of a truck slash bag, and he yeah. has other toys. Say, yeah, kind of, kind of different. Fun. Yeah, no, kind of different. Not that different at all. I mean, what can they do? They're not going to kill the toys because it's a kids' film. Why not? Because it's a kids' film. Okay, I just no, that my point exactly. He, they're not going to kill the toys because it's a kids' film. Yeah, strapping him to a truck. Did you feel any emotional weight when they're all down in the incinerator, ready to die? No, me neither. Did you? No, never. This is this is what I get. Like this is what I don't get. Sorry. People go on about this incinerator scene mm. where they're holding hands and they've accepted their fate like this yeah. is like the best scene in the movie and all this sort of stuff. No. I'm like, I don't – like even the first time I saw it, I mm-hmm. felt no – a few things. I felt no uh, inclination to cry, which I feel that inclination all the time. And yeah, so when I you're felt, not going to cry, you know that there's a big issue. And I felt, I felt there is no way in hell – they are going to kill every good toy in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no way. I never for one second believed these toys were going to die. My thoughts, exactly. I don't, honestly, I don't understand why so many people love this scene. Yeah, I completely agree. Every time I see it, I'm like, especially like the first time. The first time when you see it, I was watching it and I'm like, that's not happening. They're not going to die. I did not feel any emotional weight to this scene because no. I knew they're going to get out of it. And how do they get out of it? These little aliens manage to find their way up into the control room, get the claw. How convenient that they're in this room at this exact time as well. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, it's an issue. This, this is this is what drops the film for me. Not like, fair point, the film's themes and the emotion to it really up the film. But it, it's nowhere near like five-star film for me, generally because of these things. Yeah, I'm not. I mean, was that in consideration for you? No, I... It's in the top 250 for a reason. Everyone goes on about how this is amazing, you know, 10 out of 10, five stars. Like, no. Like, I see where you're coming from with the, with the themes and how emotional it is, but there's so much inconsistencies throughout the story as well that I just – it lowers it for me. Yeah, for me – yeah, okay. I see where you're coming from and I agree with you. So, yeah, there you go. I don't need to argue with you on everything. Wow. I thought we were going to have an argument. I was re- getting ready. I was getting the guns ready. <laughs> no, no, no. I think, I think you're spot on. I like how it's daylight all of a sudden as well. <laughs> You know, because it looks cool. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and the toys catch a lift with the garbage truck to Andy's house. Yeah, they get home. Slinky sh- shoots himself up onto the roof. How did that happen? He's a Slinky. St- you- stop using that as an excuse. Everybody loves a Slinky. <laughs> yeah, no. That's uh, not how Slinkies work. I'm not sure, but uh, it was. there's this weird bit of an odd scene where Woody says goodbye to all the toys here. I'd, I'd forgotten about this scene. Because Woody is going to college mm. and these toys are going to the attic. So he goes through like one by one, shakes Buzz's hand, you know, they have their, their farewell, says, you know, finishes up with Jesse. Again, bringing my uh, point across that this kid might be a little weird. Who? Andy. Is- no, Woody is saying goodbye to the oh, toys. my apologies. I Not Andy. <laughs> Did you even watch this movie? No, Woody saying goodbye to the toys is great because you think this is going to be the end of them, like their adventures together. Yeah, I'm. Oh, I'm not complaining about the scene. I just completely forgot about it. But Andy sees this note on the top of the box. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thoughts. Let the roasting begin. All right. What do you mean? So Woody writes Andy a note. Yeah. What does the note say? Take these to this address. Like he writes the address of Bonnie's house. Like what? What are they trying to say here? That who, who does Andy think wrote that? His mum. He yells out, you really think I should do this? He's like, yeah, do whatever you want to. Oh, uh, okay. All right. Where were you going with this? I don't know. I just thought it was very odd. 
Like this oh, is never, direct, never direct communication one. between the toy and Andy here. <laughs> Andy, take these toys to Bonnie's. Love Woody. <laughs> <laughs> Love Woody. <laughs> okay, so we get Andy driving to Bonnie's house. I love the way Bonnie uh, acts here because we've seen her so confident and full of energy and bubbly. But really, when a kid that age is confronted with something that she doesn't know, she's going to hide behind mum. Exactly. I thought it was great. I also love that you don't see Woody get in the box. You think he's gone into the... He went back to the college box. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, this this shot of... uh, Or this scene of Andy... And Andy... Like you say, Andy's some weirdo. I think Andy is so great in this scene. Honestly, I think the way he talks to this little girl is just spot on, perfect, as if it was scripted. As if it was scripted. <laughs> no, this is great. Where he, you know, runs through. Yeah, his, they, they all need toys. someone really special to play with. And uh, yeah, and this running through each toy. I feel like this is such a perfect wrapping up of this series, where you, each toy is now getting this. It's like it's like Lord of the Rings where you got all these endings, right? You oh, got this the, is much shorter. Yeah, obviously. But you've got this like another ending where yeah. you're running through each of the toys. You know, this is the first time he's mentioned these toys' names, the entire trilogy, except for Buzz and Woody, of course. He doesn't say the other names at all. Which is weird because he goes, This is Jesse and Bullseye. I'm like, how did you know their names? I'm like, well Google. Yeah, Google by that point, yeah. But I really I really did appreciate seeing Andy's like true affection for his toys. Like he obviously is ditched some across the time. The unimportant ones. Yeah, but he really does hold a special spot in his heart for these toys. And then he sees Woody in the bottom of the crate, which is my... Excellent! It's also my... Excellent! I mean, I had no doubt in my mind that this was your scene as well. I mean, this is this is the scene. This, this is the scene. Yeah. This is the truly heartfelt, I was crying in the cinema scene. Yeah. Were you Did crying you... this time? No, I wasn't. And I didn't... Honestly, I didn't even feel feel it start to come on but i remember how i felt the first time i watched this it it really really like this emotion of this little girl like hey my cowboy and then she says she says the line there's a snake in my boot yeah and then they pull it and he's and because andy doesn't want to give it give it away no that's what's so great about it he's like oh no back a little bit yeah, yeah this this is mine and bonnie wants it and andy you know he doesn't want to part with it but he realizes he's, he's got to like, grow up and move on now woody He's been my pal for as long as I can remember. Even this shot of Andy playing with the toys for one last time as yeah. well. Like that's they they didn't have to do that. They could have just ended with Bonnie playing, but to have Andy really saying goodbye properly to these toys, not just giving them to Bonnie, but actually having one last play with them. Like it sounds silly as, you know, us grown men. Yeah, it's so great this kid got to play with his toys, but in the scheme of this movie, it really did provide closure for it. Especially seeing Andy with his toys over the last three films now, and they've helped him grow. Like they've been there for him. They've been his friends as he's grown up. So for him to part ways with them, it's it's such an emotional and touching scene to have, especially with Woody. Like he's been the number one since the start of this series now. And yeah, that when he's he's talking to Bonnie, but he's actually talking to Woody. It's like he's he's he'll always be there for you. He's yeah. your best friend. And you can just imagine Woody. And what Woody like, says, like, so long, partner. Yeah. Yeah, as he leaves, yeah. yeah. That's a great final line. It is. Except it's not the final line because you do hear them talking afterwards. Yeah, but I like the way it panned up to the clouds, which am I right in saying that's the first shot of the first Toy Story with Andy's wallpaper, is it? You are right. Yeah. I did I did like saying that. But we got some end credits again. Yeah, not nearly as good as Toy Story 2. No, <laughs> no these aren't um, bloopers, are they? These are just uh, no, things these that are, happened yeah, afterwards. Yeah. yeah, Like an epilogue. Yeah, pretty much. And, uh, Zerg arrives? Yeah, Zerg. Where did he come from? I know. Like, 
<laughs> Andy never had that toy, did he? No, but it's nice to see the way that Sunnyside's being run now where the toys are being tagged in and out because at the end of the day, someone's got to yeah. play with these, you know, little toddlers. terrors. Yeah. yeah. And they have the army men arrive. Yeah, they, they, Random. they look as a bean and they yeah. just parachute in. Like, where are you guys being? Who was rolling up their parachute again, you know? Like, that's <laughs> yeah. shit's not easy. <laughs> no, but initially this was intended to conclude the Toy Story franchise and having no plans for a fourth film. But after the film was obviously a massive, massive success, it allowed Pixar to continue the franchise uh, with some, uh, some shorts and some television specials. And eventually... The fourth film. Yeah, there was one I watched. Actually, I've watched a couple. The dinosaur one. Um, there's also a Toy Story of Terror. I watched that one. Have you I, seen them? I've seen none. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, you're missing out. Am I? No, they're, they're pretty average, but still. <laughs> well, I won't watch them then. I'll keep it. Keep my memory of these three films and this fourth one coming up, which I have heard very good things about. Oh, really? Yeah, so it's actually got me a little bit more pumped to go see Toy Story 4 and give a good review for it next week. Nice. Any last words? All right, Dean, what's your final thoughts on Toy Story 3? So Toy Story 3, I really liked it. I really, really liked it. The animation is such a step up from 1 and 2. The And I like that we get back to the themes of important things that adults and kids can relate to, where I feel like in number 2 they ditched a lot of the more mature content. This does bring all that stuff back in. It's funny but serious at the same time and having this perfect conclusion Man, I'm so, I'm so, I feel, so, I have such mixed feelings about seeing Toy Story 4. But having this perfect conclusion at the time to this franchise, I just felt it worked so well. To get me all tearing up about a bunch of toys playing with uh, their owner, I think is pretty special. So I did have this logged at four and a half stars. I am dropping it down to four stars though. Because there are, as we've said, some plot inconsistencies. And also, I don't know, like four stars is great. It just didn't hit that four and a half star level for me this mm-hmm. time. What about you, Hendo? It's one of those rare times where I'm in complete agreement with you. <laughs> wow, that was that was genuine. No, yeah, that was yeah. genuine. No, no, like that no, was, no, no. You meant to say agreeable. That was a callback. Okay, good. Before watching this again this time, I initially thought that Toy Story Two was better than Toy Story Three. Insane. Yeah, now I look back on it, uh, it does seem a little insane. This has a lot more emotional resonance than the second one. Not a, not a lot, like a lot, a lot. This this is backed on the fact that this is so emotional and it has a lot of strong themes about growing up, moving on, but also nostalgia for the things you've loved in the past. That final scene, that conclusion, oh, what a wallop. It's yeah, so good. It is it really is. so well. The animation is spectacular in this film. The things that drop it down for me are, again, those plot inconsistencies, those things where I just look at it and go, oh, I really feel like you just haven't taken the time to... I guess appease the adult audience. This is a this is a movie for adults as well, but there's some things in it that you're just like, really? I don't buy it. But on the emotional side, on its themes, that's where it packs a big punch. For me, it is a four-star film as well. It is the second best Toy Story film, because Toy Story 1 is an absolute gem. But yeah, four stars. Love Toy Story 3. Nice. I was the best because the crowd loved me. Alright, Dean, where's this gonna sit on your rankings? Alright, so let's look at my lowest ranked four-star film. And for me, it's a beautiful mind at number 23. Now, for me, I do think it is better than A Beautiful Mind. I also think it's better than A Grand, The Grand Budapest Hotel. Next up is The Thing. Hmm. Yep, better than The Thing. Next up is Django. Django! And I think that's where it's going to stop. I'm going to put it in between Django Unchained and The Thing. So it will be my new number 21 out of 39. 
Okay. What about you, Hendo? Same position. Let's start at the bottom of my four-star films, which is Django Unchained. And I actually think this is better than Django Unchained. Moving on to Some Like It Hot, I think it's better than that. Next is Vertigo, and I think it's still moving on up to Once Upon a Time in America. Don't you dare. It is better than Once Upon a Time in America. Then we get to the Grand Budapest Hotel, and it is better than the Grand Budapest Hotel. And this is where it's going to stop. I don't think it's better than The Wolf of Wall Street. So I'm going to put Toy Story 3 as my new number 24. Very close to mine. All right, we're going to play you a quick promo here from our good buddies, Paul and Wayne at the Countdown Movie and TV Reviews Podcast. Seriously, if you haven't been checking their show out, you got to get on it. Hilarious, guys. Yeah, one of my personal favourites, without a doubt. So check out their promo, and we'll see you on the other side. Do you piss green after you've eaten vitamins? We certainly do, and therefore you should listen to the Countdown Movie and TV Reviews Podcast. Even if you don't piss green, this is something I think you guys will like if you like TV and you like movies. We count down lists associated with both, as well as offer the occasional review and a number of segments that are random in nature for your enjoyment. Check out the Countdown Movie and TV Reviews on iTunes, Podomatic, or your favourite podcast app. Hey listeners, we just want to take a quick second here to thank you all for taking the time out of your day to come and listen to us banter on about movies and all things things movie related yeah it really does mean a lot to the both of us we're always looking to improve our show to get our name out there and there's a couple of ways you can help us yeah one of the easiest ways is to just get the word of mouth out there you know let your family and friends know about the show and where they can find us which is pretty much everywhere places like apple podcast stitcher spotify and another personal favorite of mine castbox and if you'd like to get a hold of us, you can contact us on Twitter at twitter.com slash imdbjourney, our Facebook page at facebook.com slash imdbjourney, or you can email us at imdbjourney at gmail.com. Exactly. Another way to help us out is to leave a five-star rating and review on iTunes for us. Or if you're really loving the content and are looking for more, why not check out our Patreon, where we post another weekly show, breaking down films not on the IMDb Top 250 list. Yeah, that's right. What have we got coming up this week, Hendo? Well, Dean, we're back to our Quentin Tarantino series, and we are on to The Hateful Eight. Yeah, I'm looking forward to rewatching it. It's uh, one I've only seen a couple of times, and I think it would be definitely my least watched Tarantino film, so always good to get another Tarantino watch into it. One of the few films we've actually gone out and seen together. It is. We did go see that at the nice Astor Theatre with the the intermission and all the all the good classic stuff there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was fun. It was fun. We also decided to give a quick shout out to all the patrons out there who have uh, been so generous with their pledges and their they're just their awesome patronage. So big thank you to Amanda Thomas, Ben Mulverhill, Brian Grabianowski, Brianna Petty, Chris Beardsall, Dan from the Netflix and Spoil Podcast, Dave from the Super Movie Bros, Feel and Film Podcast, and Georgia Watson. Also, we've got Hayden Gerloff, Joe Banyard, Julio at the Contrarian Podcast, Paul Leon, my brother, Shane Jeffrey, Aliana Silvermist, the So I'm Watching This Podcast, and Paul at the Countdown Movie and TV Reviews Podcast. Yes, thank you very much to all of you guys. I cannot describe my appreciation to all of you and your constant support for the podcast. Really, really love it. it yeah, no, it never... We never take it for granted. We really, really do appreciate all you guys do to help the show and keep us doing what we're doing because we love doing what we do. And we really hope you're enjoying all the extra content you get. Absolutely. So if that sounds like something you'd be interested in, head on over to patreon.com slash imdbjourney and check out the myriad of rewards and benefits we have to offer. All right, Dean, let's get into... We may still have mail. Mail, mail, mail. Here it is. And this oh. could be it. Oh. And we've got a couple of reviews for Toy Story 3. First one here from Matt Neglier at the Next Best Picture podcast. Toy Story 3 is one of the most emotionally moving and cathartic movies ever made. Not just animation. Filled with complex motivations, humor, thrilling set pieces, 
gravitas and playing perfectly into the audience's own nostalgia for these characters, Toy Story 3 represents a triumph of storytelling. Great well, review there, Matt. Yeah, well said. Lastly on Twitter, from the F1 Everything podcast, Toy Story 3 is brilliant. I'd personally rank it as the second best film in the trilogy behind Toy Story 2, but it's still a four and a half star banger. The ending is beautifully done, and you've got to have a heart made from steel not to get a lump in your throat whilst watching it. Completely agree about the lump in your throat. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) And over on our Patreon from our awesome patron, Mr. Chris Beardsall, the first Toy Story film came out when I was seven years old, and to say that I grew up with these films is not an exaggeration. This film is a beautiful send-off that not only makes you laugh, but will also make you cry. A few of my highlights. Michael Keaton as Ken is fantastic. Spanish Buzz Lightyear is the best. Big Baby terrifies me. My... Excellent! is the end of the line when all the toys hold hands and accept the inevitability of the situation. It is simultaneously heartbreaking and heartwarming. Chris, you're wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I'm excited to see Toy Story 4, but to me, it just doesn't feel necessary. Toy Story 3 is the perfect ending to this incredible series. Mm, I agree. Except about your favourite scene. (laughs) (laughs) All right, and of course we've got... This film made me feel bad for throwing my toys out. Man, I agree with you. I really wish I had my old toys. Seriously, there were some heartfelt moments. This was a better sequel than Toy Story 2, though I'm going to give it the same rating, 3.5 stars. CGI was majorly improved, as was the script and story. Having such a huge time gap between this and the previous film meant it was able to reflect on different themes regarding what happens to toys when the kids grow up. Moved a lot better than Toy Story 2 and has more effort put into it. My major criticism would be that this film is too long. The final conflict wasn't as stimulating as the previous films. While technically it is excellent, it still does not surpass the original and only momentarily manages to capture the feel of that film. Still very good. Well said, Shane. Well said, Shane. Right, Dean, let's get into... That's my question! The question, jerk! where we asked everyone to give us their top five threequels. Now, let's take a look at some responses for anyone who put up five that none made our overall list. First one here from the Ghost of the Stratosphere. They had Army of Darkness, Avengers Infinity War, Captain America Civil War, Thor Ragnarok, and The Naked Gun, 33 and a third. Cinema Recall had Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors, Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, Die Hard with a Vengeance, Alien 3, and Day of the Dead. Some interesting choices there. Yeah, none make our list, unfortunately. Movie Geek and Proud have Toy Story 3, Return of the Jedi, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Die Hard with a Vengeance, and Thor Ragnarok. Sarah Wall had Toy Story 3, Back to the Future Part 3, Rocky 3, Scream 3, and Die Hard with a Vengeance. The Victims and Villains podcast has Toy Story 3, Iron Man 3, War for the Planet of the Apes, Batman Forever, and Thor Ragnarok. Frederick Lopez had Return of the Jedi, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, Before Midnight, Die Hard with a Vengeance, and Revenge of the Sith. And our last one here on Twitter from Mayor of Nilbog, John Wick 3, Men in Black 3, Return of the Jedi, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, and The World's End. Over on Facebook from Reese McKenzie, Skyfall, Indiana Jones 3, Thor Ragnarok, Toy Story 3 and War for the Planet of the Apes. Here's one from our lovely patron, Georgia Watson. Die Hard with a Vengeance, Star Wars Return of the Jedi, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, Thor Ragnarok and Avengers Infinity War. Now, thank you very much, everyone, for your responses there. But, Dean, let's get to our top five threequels. Individual list first, of course. All right, mate, what is your number five? 
Uh, my number five is Goldfinger. Ah, James Bond. Yes. My number five is Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. My number four is Captain America Civil War. Okay, that's a fair choice, but my number four is Lord of the Rings Return of the King. My number three is War for the Planet of the Apes. Another fine choice. My number three is The Bourne Ultimatum. Interesting. My number two, The Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, I know. He loved The Dark Knight trilogy. Yeah, the whole it was, thing. It was always going to be there. Yeah, it wasn't for me, though. My number two is our first crossover. It is Goldfinger. Goldfinger. <laughs> and my number one, without a doubt, really, Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. Yeah, I figured it was going to be that for you. What a fantastic film. My number one is a film we've done a breakdown on. It is The Good, The Bad and The Ugly. Uh, good, good top five, mate. Yes. But let's look at our joint top five. Yes. Which is a bit interesting, really. <laughs> yes, based on the point structure that we give it. Number five is The Bourne Ultimatum. Number four is The Dark Knight Rises. Heading into number three, which is The Good, The Bad and The Ugly. Number two... Goldfinger. And number one, Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. Yeah, so interestingly, only two films uh, cross over there. Yeah, I think I said last week that I think our list would be a little bit like a bit more yeah. sporadic there. You were you were correct. Yes. All right, that brings us to our top three. Who got the closest? And in third position this week is one of our patrons over on Facebook, Brianna Petty. And she went with from Five to One, Mission Impossible 3, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, The Dark Knight Rises, Toy Story 3, and Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. So she got two with one spot on. And fresh off his win from last week in the top five black and white films, we have Hayden Gerloff again polling here. So coming in second, Hayden had from number five, Skyfall. Dark Knight Rises, Infinity War, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, and at number one, Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. Two spot on there. But let's look at who came first this week, Hendo. It's over on Twitter this time. And that is Bhagwan Shetty, and he's gone with number five, Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. Number four, Avengers Infinity War. Number three, The Bourne Ultimatum. Number two, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. And number one, Return of the Jedi. So the only person to get three of our five this week. Well done, Bhagwan. Yeah, so we'll get in contact with you, and we'll uh, send out some awesome merch. All right, for next week's top five, we're going to go give us your top five films of 2010. In the spirit of a Toy Story 3, of course. Of course. So I think... I think this time there might be... There's probably going to be a few crossovers. Yeah. Without, without even looking at the year, I feel like I feel like there'd be a few crossovers. I reckon we might have like three crossovers. Okay, that's decent. Yeah. So, yeah, get your top five films of 2010 in, and if you get closest to our joint list, we'll send out some sweet merch. There's this tournament. Let the tournament begin! All right, Dean, let's look at the results of the final eight in our best 1970s film tournament. Let's do it. The first match here was... A blowout, I guess you could say. The Godfather takes out Taxi Driver with yeah. a 72% victory. I thought Taxi Driver, like, I didn't think it would win, but I thought it might be, do better than 28%. Ah, Godfather just, just reigns supreme there. Next up, we had another blowout. Star Wars A New Hope took out Apocalypse Now with 71%. Yeah, I thought that one would have happened, though. Yeah, I, I could see that. Moving down the line here, The Godfather Part 2 It's staying in with a 65% victory against Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Not a bad showing from Holy Grail. Did all right. 
But lastly, we have One Flow of the Cuckoo's Nest against Alien, and we have an upset. We have Alien defeating One Flow of the Cuckoo's Nest 57% to 43. I did throw that suspicion out there last week. I said Alien has probably got some good backers out there. It does come through, takes out one of the top three. But that moves us into our final four of the best 1970s film tournament. And our matches are the number one seed, The Godfather, against the number four seed, Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. Wow. That's uh, that's a matchup. I, I that's big. I, I don't know what's going to happen to you. I really don't know. And the other matchup we have, obviously, is a Godfather Part Two against Alien. See, I I, I don't know that there's a lot of Alien love out there. It could and especially you might have people as well voting for Alien because the Godfather will get through. Like they they'll they'll vote for Godfather and then they'll vote Alien. Do you know what I mean? Like they might think, well, I don't want two Godfathers in. Let's just get the first one. Through. I think the people who are going to vote the Godfather are going to be like, well, I want to vote for the Godfather Part Two as well. They're both amazing. You never know. But we'll find out next week what those results will be. So, what's next? All right, Dean. It's time to find out what film you're choosing. What are you going to go with, mate? Is it going to be another five star, or are you going to find it something a little different? Well, uh, I'm not going to reveal whether it's a five star. But I think we need to go something something a bit lighter. Well, I don't know. Let's go Groundhog Day. Ah, Groundhog Day. It's a, it's a solid film to pick and uh, we'll see where we end up going with that one. I'm thinking Groundhog Day. Yeah, that's, um, uh, that's a good choice. Wait, did we just do this? I really think we should do Groundhog Day. I, I think we're, we're trapped. I don't know. I don't know what's going on here. How does Groundhog Day sound? Uh, guys, I think we're stuck in a loop here. We're going to oh, go. go. We're going to go. We're going to go. Bye. Well, I don't know.